0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. I am your host, Brent McCoy. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. You're not Mike. (laughs) Gregory Hectus. Merry Christmas. Mason Stiver. Hey, Brett. Tony Groves. Ho, ho, ho.
1: Tony Rochette. What am I doing here?
0: David Hall. Uh, That's me. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. Um, Like I said before, I am co-hosting or substitute hosting for Mike Ellis, who is unable to join us here. This podcast is actually being recorded about two weeks in advance for our Christmas um special that's dropping today so it's gonna be pretty informal we're gonna have a group of discussions between everyone here in the podcast Uh, we have a couple stories that are um that we're gonna include in this and hopefully we can have a good discussion i want to say uh welcome to mr hammer for joining us how are you doing sir
2: good sorry i got here late but i can't stay long either (laughs) that's
0: perfectly fine we'll uh we'll get your impressions right away um just want to give a shout out to the old bastards racing league i racers lounge podcast is now the presenting sponsor of the old bastards racing leagues new monday night arca series which is beginning 2019 we do appreciate and are proud to be associated with the old bastards racing league and we hope to have a great series if you want more information on about how to get involved go to the old bastards racing.com or check out their facebook page so let's get, uh, let's get started here, guys. Um, Hammer, I guess since you got to uh, leave pretty quick, we've got a list of stuff here. Why don't you just give us your, um, some of your first impressions on, on 2018 and how that went as far as NIS? I know you were working with a couple teams, and you greatly were helping us out. Um, why don't you just give us your impressions on how the year went?
2: I'd say it was a tough year, to be honest. I put up some uh, posts about the statistics. Highest wrecks, lowest amount of participation. It's been a brutal year for NASCAR, but the future looks bright.
0: Yeah, we're going to get into that about the future of the uh, of the sport, and we're going to talk about um, about what we're looking forward to, and and hopefully some of the adjustments that iRacing is going to make, and how the adjustments that the NASCAR Cup Series is going to affect iRacing in the future. Um, as far as personal goals, Hammer, did you did you accomplish any for two thousand eighteen?
2: Yeah, um, I actually had my subscription paid for by uh, my best friend because he was hoping that we would be able to work together a lot, and we did. And then he ended up racing leagues and stuff, and I kind of ended up looking for some stuff to do. So personally, I've had to empty my inbox probably four times completely, and not with just people saying thank you. A lot of it has been, how do I adjust this? How do I fix this? It's doing this. So it's been a year for me of helping people pretty much dramatically. And I got to see quite a few people go from 2000 IR to 4000 plus. I got to see a lot of my setup win and a lot of different stuff from top split to bottom split. I got to contribute on a couple of DWC teams. I won't mention any names. Um, working with uh Pro driver Logan Crest now with Gen X, working with Gen X after a second offer. So it's been, um, it's actually been a lot more than I ever anticipated it would be.
0: Yeah, I know um, we've mentioned your setups and and the contributions that you make towards the community. In this past year, for me personally, you've greatly helped me. And I know my very first win at NIS I got off of you. And you go down and you talk to other people in the uh, NIS forums and you hear, um, how they appreciate what you're doing and everything that you're, you're contributing to this community. So from us here at Team Tifosi, and I think I can speak for the majority of NIS oval drivers, we appreciate all the help that you do for us because these setups are a different animal, man, and you seem to have them pretty well under control. So thank you. As a guy who doesn't really know how to work the setups and isn't really
3: even comfortable giving feedback on them yet, um, do you get you get a lot of personal satisfaction on being the setup guru instead of and kind of the basically the crew chief instead of just the racer?
2: Yeah, you really. We were just having this discussion on Gen X. You you probably would never want to be around me when I'm actually racing. It's um, I'm pretty unruly. I've wrecked my own teammates because of talking too much. I mean, I've done some stuff. So I just gave up driving. Open servers just are not for me. I race in leagues and stuff, but I actually figured out that I'm a lot better at setups and crew chiefing, and specifically crew chiefing. I'm not the best setup guy in the world because I'm not a car engineer, and there's some people who are, and I'm working with one. But um, when it comes to in-race adjustments and strategy and analysis and things like that, I'd much prefer to do that than driving. And I take a lot of offense to people who seem to think that participation is just about driving because, you know, you couldn't really do that without setups.
3: Well, I'll make a real life analogy. Uh, I am a band director, but I'm far happier when I'm sitting in the orchestra instead of on the podium. It's two different skill sets and two different types of fun.
2: Yeah, I, I don't want to take anything away from drivers because, you know, you need both parts of that. I've been friends with the Chuck Sweeting for seven years, and it's amazing when you go to a new group of people, even if you've known them a long time. Like, I can sit down with Chuck, and in 15 minutes, we can, you know, sort out a car. You get new people, and it's just it's a whole new learning experience. So I definitely enjoy that part of the sim much more than racing.
0: Yeah, I, I much since this uh this new builds come out here for 2019 season 1 and even going into the next year this whole setup situation is going to drastically affect you and how you guys and Gen X do stuff huh
2: yeah it's um i don't really i don't really want to like what they're going to do with the rules but at the same time i got to give it a fair shake so i've pretty much written off me helping out the a car Knowing that it's going to become a draft fest, and it's sad, but I'll help people regardless because that's just what I do. Yeah,
0: Chris, did you uh, do you want to chime in for something earlier?
4: Oh no, just I was just gonna say I really appreciate um, my first year in i racing how much help you've been to me personally, um, John, with not so much the setup side, but just the coaching, like you said, and. And the, from the the crew chief stuff to just how to get through a corner, I mean, every Stop race that you've hopped car. in, yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> every race that you've hopped in, I mean, it's just it's helped me a ton. And to get faster and just you know, general good racecraft, I really, really appreciate it, man.
5: Yeah, I'd it's like a, to. It's mirror, a pleasure. I'd like to mirror those sentiments uh, as well. You've you've helped me a ton, um, more so on the on the on the practice track, but um, I, I've been I was able to. You know, improve my my standings because of of that help. So, thank you.
2: Uh, you're welcome, guys. I wish I was around more, but it's like, like can only be in so many places at once. Been busy at work too, so I'm not gone here. I just have a lot to do.
0: That's completely understandable, and we all greatly appreciate when you do show up. So, again, thank you for coming on today to the podcast. Thank you for all the help you do throughout the year, and we look forward to your help in uh, 2019. Speaking of 2019, Hammer, um, we got a lot of changes that just happened this year with some day-night transitions and stuff. What are you looking forward to in 2019 as far as improvements from iRacing?
2: I think March is going to be a pivotal month when they release the tire model, hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) That's that's not a guarantee. Do not write me down as saying that's going to happen. But the changes that they made to the tire that uh, we... Kind of stumbled upon and got from dave kamer that's that's another proud thing i've gotten two replies from dave kamer in two years and i get pms from people who are like how do you do it <laughs> that's kind of fun but reason really the
4: tire is looking... not finished because he's answering your email man
2: <laughs> so it's I'm, your I'm, fault i'm really looking forward to uh some good racing i think it could be the best year of nascar since you know i've been on iRacing because the day to night stuff has sort of taken out the three setups, a lot of that kind of stuff. So I think we'll be able to use a lot more of the track. I think it's going to be a lot more of a driver's year than a setup year. Not that you don't need them, but it's just, it's going to be more, I think it's going to be better. I've already seen it in the B car and the Gen 6 car. So
6: Now, Hammer, thinking of that, now you're, you know, working with somebody to, Fighting the pro series there, Um, with the day-night transitions and your building setups, how do you? Because I, I I had a thought, I I shared on um, our messenger about you know, in the open it's it's one thing you can you know adjust in the race and have in-car adjustments during the race, but you know we still have that NIS fixed division that what's going to happen when you got day to night that are full transitions, like when they do uh, the Coke 600, when you have that full race when we do that later on this year. Like, what are, you, what are your thoughts on what um, could come of it? Do you think the fixed series could go because of something like this? Because you can't make any in-car adjustments. Or do they have to change something on the fixed series? Because the Open, you got the chance to, you know, make some tire adjustments, some wedge and stuff like that. But um, where you, got, you're, you were saying there that it takes away having the three setups, because you got to have one that races good that you can adjust on, right? That's what you're thinking is on it?
2: Yeah, I'd expect that they're not going to change anything in the fixed and that you're going to see a lot of the track it uses in the fixed series. Could be a so really you, good year for fixed, honestly.
6: So you're thinking it's going to be like a line sensitive, so people are going to have to start searching?
2: You're going to have to lift. You're going to have to know when there's a cloud. You're going to have to anticipate lifting early. You're going to have to know when it's hot and when the track's hot and move up a groove. I just think with the lockdown setups and stuff and fix that, there's going to be a lot of deviation from drivers. Pretty well,
6: cool. we, sorry to keep a good button in here, guys, but uh, we noticed this the other night um, with uh, when we were practicing for one of our ARCA races. The track had an all of a sudden had a cloud patch where it went, the sun went behind the clouds and the, tra- the track, you could see it change and everybody went out on the track. They saw the change, and they went and ran their fastest times when it got shaded a bit, which is, like, a nice... It's nice to actually have that change. Like, you could, you know, hit on something right there. You could have a good couple laps when something like happens in a race.
3: Yeah, you know, the adjustability won't be there. Like, uh, But a while ago, I ran um, a Daytona 24 practice session that had... I talked about it earlier, that had the sun on 8X and the temperature changed. I basically raced through sunrise and the temperature changed about 10 degrees Celsius over that whole time. And it, it didn't drastically make me more loose or tight. I run the, I pretty much run the VRS sets in the Ferrari, but I, I particularly noticed that I had to change my braking point on the uh, chicane.
0: That sounds yeah. about right. Like me, um, maybe this is a question for David and Hammer, and I guess um, any of uh, you guys. What do you think this is going to affect more in 2019, or how do you think it's going to affect more as far as oval and roadside, this whole day-to-night transition, and and specifically instead of the day-to-night transitions, but the shadow transition, as far as road or oval, which one do you guys think it affects more? Well,
3: it's it's just a new unknown. It's There's, there's a, a little bit more of a random element entered, and since the this... Since you're not going to be able to basically predict how the track is going to behave for six hours, as soon as you see the temperature, uh, it, it's just not going to be as predictable. And some of the people who had found a way to win through the setups, they're going to have to find another way to find that advantage now.
6: Well, the other thing is is too like, um, on the oval side, you got the high speed, so you're going to get more grip. You know, theoretically, you should have more grip in the middle of the night you know, colder track temps and the speed should go up. But the other on the road side, I think more having day night transitions, it's the visual aspect and the change of the tracks. Like, you know, if you guys are looking at Lamar, Lamar is all your breaking points. You don't have a lot of the breaking point images with the being dark. So what are you going to, you know, where you lose your breaking points more than you lose the fact that the track is, you know, a, it's gone cold or anything like that. So I think more of your tr- the transition of night to day affects road for a visual aspect of braking and stuff like that. Compared to until they fix the lights too on the cars, like and get them to work properly, where you can see further ahead. But on the oval side, I think the the, the bigger thing is the speeds is going to be what's going to change in the cup sides, right?
3: Yeah, I turned some practice laps at Le Mans and in in you know pitch black. Most of the breaking points are fairly easy to see, except for on um, the first, the front stretch after the start finish line, and the and you get under those two long straightaways with the right hand chicane and the left hand chicane. Those are going to take a lot of practice to get used to because you can't see there. There, I always use that little orange marker on the on the railing for my breaking point, whether I've, I've stopped at it or before it or behind it, and you don't see it in time. It just comes on you too quick.
0: So for 2019, we have a lot of unknowns Just discussed. We've got a lot of concerns too, but we got some things that we're looking forward to for 2019 hammer. What are some of your concerns that you have going into 2019 that you hope get addressed? And um, what are you most looking forward to throughout the year?
2: Well, this will be my last segment quick. So I'll just say that I'm looking most forward to the longest races. Cause I think those will change the most. With a day-to-night transition, I think the tire model, if and when we get it, is going to help that. And I don't really have – I try not to be negative-nilly about it, at least publicly going forward. So I'm not really concerned about it because it's going to actually require the drivers to be more diverse. And hopefully that diversity will make the racing better.
6: Yep. The other thing is, I don't think you're going to you're going to see this tire model this year. I don't think you're going to see whatever whatever iteration of this draft package or the lower restrictor for all the tracks. You're not going to see it in you're definitely not going to see it in the March build. But I don't think we're going to see it at all this year. It's probably like it's going to take probably a full year before they integrate it to see how it affects every track.
0: Yeah, that'll be uh, that draft model that we have is interesting because just to think of how much slower and how much uh, more drag these cars are going to have as far as downforce and stuff, it will be interesting to see what happens in 2019. And um, it's one—I think it's one of the greater unknowns now. As far if you're into NASCAR and the NIS series side of things, just wondering what is going to happen next and what can we expect and when is that update going to drop? It's a long ways away from now, but uh, it's never too early to start talking about it.
2: So. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I'm going to watch the rest of the podcast tonight or tomorrow. I appreciate you guys having me and let me hang out with you. It's been a killer year. Next year is going to be awesome, and I'll, I'll definitely stop by, and I'll be seeing you. We'll do some crewing again and hang out.
0: Good deal. Thank you, Hammer, for joining us. We appreciate it.
2: Hammer. Thanks for the invite.
7: Hammer, two-word answer, beta UI, kill it or keep it.
2: Revise it.
0: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. There we go. There we go. All right, you have entered the User gray area. From <laughs> yes, we're gonna get into that subject here in a little bit. It's, uh, I think there's some diverse answers from people on the team as far as individuals want to keep it. Some people want to say get rid of it, and then I think there's a couple individuals that say we need to uh, do a better job on working on it, even update the member site. So we're gonna get into that. Let's um let's take a break from that here and go back to the 2018 NAS season. What are your guys's? I guess, final impressions on how the year went as far as um, throughout the year from the beginning in February all the way through November here. Um, I'll hear what you guys have to say, and then I'll throw in uh, Mike Ellis's comments that he had written down for us.
3: I have to agree with Hammer's sentiment that it was just a frustrating, wreck-filled uh, year. I mean, it was just amazing how many caution fests there were all year. I couldn't get – I could just couldn't survive races. Um through the middle of the summer, I was almost ready to just stop racing NIS. It was so just impossible to survive a race, whether you tried to start in the back or start in the front. It was just constantly getting stuck in stupid stuff all year.
5: I kind of, I mean, I'm pretty sure we're all going to say close to the same thing as it just being a a shit show. Um, But I found that it, it gradually got worse throughout the year. I, I don't remember being as frustrated at you know at the, the first part of the season um as I was, you know, in the, the last part of the season. Um it just seemed to um the silliness just kinda got worse as as the year dra- uh, dra- yeah, dragged on. It peaked for me
3: in the summer, and then actually, except for a couple of stinkers, got a little better in the fall.
4: Yeah, I agree, and I think you could see it in the participation too. And I don't know if part of that's just burning out, you know, after the, the years going going along, but it didn't really seem that way. I was still just as excited about racing. I was just more excited about racing other things and less excited about NIS. Which is yes, it's it kind of sucks. That's probably my favorite series, but um, just like you said, I don't, I don't think it was just so much um, the season wearing on. It actually seemed like the racing got worse as the year went.
1: Yeah, I was getting better as soon as the uh, the season was getting on along. Um, I started racing less in the beginning of the season and started racing more and towards the end. And I noticed I was starting to get better and better and better, but. The attrition and everything else was was starting to get horrible.
0: Yeah, there's um Mike had made a comment in here, and I'm kind of surprised we all kind of feel the same way, I think, where the season seemed to start out like it was going really well. And then there was a there was a point about two thirds of the way through where things just started to get worse, you know. And I don't know if that's just people getting antsy or whatnot. And I definitely noticed it. In my um my racing through NIS in the Cup car, even B or C series, it seemed to seem to happen. But um, Daytona, Daytona, those first third of the season, always seems to be uh, um, a real go-get'em for people. They're always really into it. And then during the summer months, it seems to kind of level off. And I'm I'm assuming that's probably just people not racing as much as as they do so i haven't seen the stats i don't know for sure but it just it has that feeling to it maybe they relax some and then towards the end i think um especially that final month i don't know if it correlated with the real life nascar season winding down and and people getting aggressive and antsy there but come homestead i remember and um texas it was it was definitely interesting for sure so well good deal Starting in 2018, I don't know if you guys do this, but I tend to create goals. What were some of your guys' goals in 2018, and did you meet those goals? Mine was to uh, achieve a 2,000
4: i rating, which um, it's kind of frustrating because I, I got up to 2,200, an um, oval, I should say, uh, months and months back, and... Just had a bad August and dropped down to fourteen fifteen hundred and have kind of fought and clawed back up to the seventeen ish and so when I had broke two thousand, I kind of thought I was gonna to have to set a new goal and just kind of plotted it after that and ended up not in not hitting my goal um so I guess it was kind of a failure <laughs> for Chris, last year. you um
0: this is your first year, correct? yep, yep. Yeah. So, and what did you? Uh, what did you finish at? Do you know? Uh,
4: the higher sixteens. I want
0: to say it's right around okay. seventeen hundred. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's not terrible. You know. Um, I think I was with you at one point. This is my third year doing this, and I was, I was down in the fifteen hundreds at one point. It just got absolutely brutal that start of that third. You know, but for your first year being about sixteen hundred, um, that's pretty good. You should be proud of that.
7: Yeah, um, and uh, sure. I hadn't run much. Uh, NIS either before I joined Team Tafosi here in October so my goal was just to finish the races
4: <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, now that you mentioned joining um, the team and running NIS I think if it wasn't for the team, I don't even know if I'd still be running NIS, uh, that's kind of where I was standing with it there towards the end of the year, it was uh, the team that kind of kept me going, I mean I I didn't run a fixed race for like the last few months
3: I was at the point where the only thing I liked better about NIS versus versus A-Fixed or A-Open was the race length.
4: Yeah, for me, it was that we had worked on setups. Uh, it was fun to work on those open sets with my teammates and then go out and race them. But yeah, the, since the Fix didn't have that appeal, it just completely fell away for me. And it was the opposite when I had started NIS that I enjoyed the Fix more because I didn't have to worry about the setups.
0: Yeah, there's yeah, something to, to be said A-racing. about there's something to be said about everyone taking the time out of their day when they could be racing to um to come out here as as a team and work on these sets. That makes it extremely rewarding when you get in these open races and actually race these sets. So from everyone, um for me to just joining here and joining Team Tafosi, I want to say thank you to you guys for for taking the time out of your days to work on these sets. I know it's we've learned a lot, definitely, I know between Chris and Greg and and all of us who have been here for a large part of the year we've learned a lot and um def- I definitely appreciate it.
6: One well, of the, one
3: it's of the, been good. One of what I was going to say one of the in the A races I, I don't I didn't run that many open last year uh but the A fix I can't recall a race that had more than one pit stop window if you went all green.
0: Yeah, it was um it was challenging challenging at times so what did you oh. guys experience i guess with the 2018 season were you guys satisfied with how it went other than the the wrecking i mean the racing that you guys did have were you pretty satisfied with it no Here, I, oh you go <laughs>
5: yeah. um i i wasn't satisfied at all um i i was trying like hell to get out of the damn bottom split um but from you know, listening to you guys, it it really didn't matter. It seemed to matter what split you're in. You're racing the same kind of garbage. um It it was getting really old near the end of the season, where it just seemed like you're just throwing down qualifying laps because you're just trying to race as fast as you can for you know a couple of laps, and then you just pace until it goes green again, and you know wash, rinse, and repeat. Um, my my goal for the year was like I didn't have like a set IR number or um, you know, I wanted to, to get a win. I knew that was probably out of my grasp for my skill level. Um, but I wanted to improve. And this was, this year was kind of weird because I wasn't sure if I actually was improving. Um, it felt like I was, but none of my, you know, a lot of my results weren't really reflecting that. Um, and it took until, until I, I joined, uh, the league, uh, the old bastards league to, to realize Oh damn! I did learn a little something this year. I have actually gotten better. When I was able to actually race, um, I was able to to finally see it, notice it. So
3: many races, your position would come down to whether or not you got caught in the carnage.
0: Yeah, yeah I yes. that. there was. Go ahead, Tony. I'm sorry.
1: I say that's how I pretty much survived the season is I just avoided the wrecks and I was there at the end. And uh, my goal is that my goals uh I pretty much set top 15. Um, a lot of my races, I met that and beyond. Uh, Race wise, I, I wanted to compete as many weeks as I could. Yeah, 31 out of 36 races. Eh. Oscar. I had a lot of
3: fun on the roadside. Um, on the on roads, once you could get past the first two laps of Carnage, then you could, for the most part, just, you know, race. And most people would, if you run them down from five seconds behind, they weren't going to try to hold you off too long. And pit strategy with no cautions is actually a way to get around people, too. Uh, I definitely had a lot more success on the roadside. You guys know I love that Ferrari. And I uh, also have played around in the Porsche 919 and we had a we had a really good run going at Le Mans this year with with the Martin'sman Mafia team. Greg was in that split with us. They were running third, I think we were running second, and I had a GT3 just just uh pretty much intentionally take me out.
0: Yeah, let's um let's talk about that road side of stuff. I know David, you're pretty well into the uh, into the road series. I know Greg, you do quite a bit of that road series as well. How do you? What are you guys' impressions of last year and how everything went, and I guess including that of the special events that we had. Well, I'll go first,
6: here, guys, because the uh, the roadside for me only started. Well, you know, former teammate uh, was really pushing it before to get on, uh, you know, get us our license and stuff. So I only got my A license this year. And uh, got into, you know, really enjoyed gaining through my license through the Skip Barber and the Radicals and stuff like that and just enjoying it to get up to the A so that we could race and some stuff and race for the, uh, um, to Le Mans. Like, Le Mans was the goal. I, you know, a lot of you guys probably saw, you know, we were all talking there for a while there. Le Mans was the goal. We were all going to get ready and get ready for it. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, the roadside was... It, I found a little bit more joy in the roadside because it was a different pr- discipline than what I've been used to for so long. Like, I'm a huge oval guy, and that's what I, I've done. But you know, me having my fanatic racing wheel has you know, and, and investing in a, a separate road rim for and an oval rim, it, it's kind of changed my outlook on how I can do both series. So the roadside for me was. The only reason I was doing road is because I had the flexibility to, to you know, to race with the, a different wheel, too. And 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 somebody that wanted to race with me with teammates that wanted to race with us.
3: I, I felt like I had a pretty fun season. Um, both of the races that I was in with my teammates, well, I got taken out in Le Mans, and the same thing happened to us at Daytona. Some uh, slower, fast car just that was, you know, multiple laps down just – decided hey i want to take out a lead car uh so it was pretty rough we were we were going to win our we were a lap ahead at daytona this year and then just and just got clobbered
0: yeah i mean that's that's frustrating to be that far ahead and um to have this issue pop up i know a couple weeks ago i was in a robo race and the same thing happened to me so i feel your pain on a similar level but to be a whole lap ahead that's got to be extremely frustrating. How'd you guys end up finishing in that race?
3: Uh, Second by two seconds.
0: Ah, yeah, see, there you go. Um, so you guys, any other comments on the 2018 season? I know 2019 is coming up. We want to touch on the schedule a little bit here. It was released recently with some updates. Um, but as far as 2018, me personally, and I can speak for Mike Ellis too, we're looking to put that behind us. We're only going up from here. Um, and far as myself, as far as goals, looking forward to, we'll get into that as well. But any other comments on 2018?
6: Can I go back to the oval side for a sec? Yeah, go ahead. Um, you guys were, you know, implementing or were saying that, you know, having trouble with some of the racing and, and the way it turned out. Yeah. The racing wasn't great. Like I have, I have kind of a different look on it because, um, you know, I, wonder, I I'm thankful for the team because Mike Ellis, you know, t- you know, and I listened to Mike Ellis and Chris Scales and 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 Tony there all the time with doing the podcast before I even came back to iRacing. I was out of iRacing for um, for for two or three years, and and to get back um, on racing and 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 to get back with the team because i thought when i thought I, to me which was going to be the hard part was to come back to racing and 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 do it by myself like i was used to a team when i left and they were not they've all disbanded and they're not around anymore and then when i came on and i i you know i just you know casually sent an email to mike ellison he accepted for me to come you know to the team and 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 join them and then it's springboard into the podcast. And, um, you know, I really enjoy all this part of it that we're, um, doing. and, And then to add in, um, I haven't done an NIS season before it was all NIS was formed after I had left iRacing for a while. And now that, um, I'm back, it was nice to have something different to compete for a full season for. Like, I had a great season. I finished second in my division for my first NIS season. I've got my first NIS win this year. Um, I really enjoyed the racing. Yeah, it was crappy and stuff like that. Um, I know some of you guys haven't been around. You know, I've been a a member almost 10 years on iRacing with um, taking time out. Uh, in between, but for me, I, I really enjoyed the racing because of team Tefosi. It wasn't because of whatever happened on the track. I didn't care. Team to kind of made it more enjoyable with the NIS. And I think if you do it when you're, when you don't have guys to race with, I think it could have been more tough. And I, I appreciate the team for that. Um, so for me, I, I my memories of twenty eighteen aren't bad. I, I enjoy every moment of twenty eighteen that we uh, that I got to race with everybody.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a, brings up a very good point, you know. And I think Chris, you've been on Team Tafosi for quite some time, and and Tony, both the Tonys. Um, how has Team Tafosi helped you guys, and how has it changed since you guys first joined? Biggest regret.
4: There <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of, kind of uh, echo the feelings of Greg there. Um, like I said, I don't even think I'd be racing NIS if it wasn't for the team. And honestly, if it wasn't for the podcast, I don't even know if I know would have known about NIS before the season started. Because you know, so being you know new to the sim, i racing does a pretty bad job of um, putting that stuff out there. And let me you know those things. So, just I, if you're not on a team, I recommend finding one. You know, if, if it's not with us, maybe it's somebody else. But it's just it's uh it, it changes everything for sure. And it, it's not easy to find User a good team from town. what I've heard from
0: a lot of people. So I think I just got got really lucky um on my first try. Yeah, there's something to be said about having a group of guys or girls that you can just race with on a on a on a weekly basis that makes it so much more enjoyable. I racing is a whole nother simulation on its own, a whole nother animal. I haven't found a, I hate to use this word game or simulation that's come close to what I provides me that I'm looking for. And uh, just short of buying a race car and actually racing it myself, this is the next best thing. And to be able to experience that as a newcomer with uh, Chris, Greg, Mike, Mason, all of you guys here at team Tifosi has made it all worth it for me. And, um, so it's from me to you guys. I appreciate you guys being here, and um, thank you for accepting me.
3: Yeah, the social experience is definitely nice. Since I've come on, I've been enjoying, even though I spend a lot more time on the roads than you guys do, it's nice just being around to, j- to jibber-jabber about it. Um, I I used to play a lot of EVE online, which has a pretty good community feeling too, but it's definitely nice to just be able to hop on and, and shoot the, you know, every, uh, if, even when you're spinning around the track,
1: yeah i'm a loner so joining the team has definitely been a great help for me and my i've definitely noticed my racing has been a hell of a lot better and and middle of the years when i joined and it's yeah
5: yeah um well i've uh i was just thinking about it and i've been with team Tafosi now i'll be coming up two years in february um when i when i joined um there was uh there was a big accident there wasn't a whole lot of team members um just a couple and uh so i i've seen i've been able to watch the team grow which has been you know really really cool you know um and you know there's been a bunch of guys that's been around for for quite some time um the the group has always been really good uh through this whole time but um it has been this last year has been absolutely awesome team wise um you know when i was uh you know shitting on the racing earlier i i wasn't even thinking about being you know i, I put the team stuff aside um myself i'm i'm with uh, i'm with you tony I'm, a, I'm very much a loner and i don't typically like talking while i'm uh doing any kind of gaming um not very social that way. Uh being on the podcast has brought me out of my shell. Um but this uh the the team stuff is absolutely amazing. I doubt I would have stuck around on the sim as long as I have, um had I not joined Team Tafosi and um kind of been along this whole really cool racing journey that I've been. Um and it just keeps getting better and better. Um uh, I, I love all the talk. I love all the um Uh, all the uh you know behind the scenes joking around and goofing around um that's what really keeps it a lot of fun for me and then being able to uh to grow with you guys as well it's 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 been a it's been a really good experience
7: i was just trying to figure out if they all left because of you or we're all sticking around because of you (laughs)
5: <laughs> oh, I would have loved to, to to, you know, put that like on my belt that I had everybody leave, but no, I I came in after they had um a lot of them had left.
0: So, the um the iRacers Lounge podcast is a separate Denver than uh Team we were two separate for lack of a better term entities. But I can honestly say that Race the iRacers Lounge podcast has as as a team brought us extremely close together everything we talk about seems to revolve around this um like you said in the background of things when we're not doing this we have a great time and it honestly feels like a a large group of friends and i'm happy to know every one of you and something
3: that probably should be said um Pointed out on all, in this entire discussion, we're you know we're, we've been talking about the 2018 season. We've we've said some negative things. We're going to be talking about things that we would like to see change in iRacing, racing, but we say that all with the premise that I'm pretty sure we all love iRacing, racing, and um, it's overall a great product. And you know, of course, everybody has ideas to contribute. But, so this is not a bitch. I'm sorry, we can't use that language. You probably you might want to beat that out. Um, this is not a complaint fest.
4: Dad's not here tonight, so we can do whatever we want. We can uh, break out the the movies with all the cussing and movies in them.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So twenty nineteen season's coming up pretty quick. Uh, Mason, you had you were able to find the schedule, and they actually did an update to the schedule. And as far as some of the special events, can you tell us a little bit about that?
7: Yeah. Well, first, um, the NIS season mimics the. Uh, the real NASCAR season. Um, So I'm just looking here. They didn't change any of the track orders. Um, The roval is still in play. Um, But they did, the big changes that they announced in the real life is time changes. And now, since we have day to night, that will affect us. Um, Like they moved the uh, playoff race at Las Vegas to the nighttime because in in the... uh, real cup series, they were experiencing the heat issues with the drivers. So, um, and it'll be more exciting in prime time, I think as well. So that'll be interesting to see us, uh, be at the night race in Las Vegas as well. Um, and just a, a bunch of races, the spring race at Texas has moved an hour later, Hampshire moved an hour later, um, playoff race at Martinsville will be a half hour later, but we don't have lights at Martinsville cross our fingers yet for twenty nineteen. Um so just a lot of time changes and I'm curious to see how this day to night transition will affect it.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I think I saw um the schedule, the actual NASCAR schedule, there was about seven different um races that they had moved back a time slot time slot to three PM Eastern time. So I either moved that race back half an hour or a full hour or two. And um that's in the heat of the day, those 3 p.m. Eastern starts, and see how iRacing is affected by that with the day-to-night transitions and the heat and the shadows is going to be uh, extremely interesting.
7: I'm curious to see if they'll turn the uh, the transition time faster, or if they will uh, start it so that it does go into the night like it should in the
6: in the real world. It'll probably be times two.
7: I would...
3: I would. Hope
0: for two when on the half length races, yeah. Well, so, Mason, do ahead. you have the mean um, or the later part of the year schedule out in front of you? Are you able to tell which races start at around that three, four o'clock Eastern time period and would transition into the evenings? Because I know there's more in the um, third part of the schedule as we get into the fall, winter months.
7: Um, like obviously, we got, um, Las Vegas is in September, and that's that's just a night race, 7 p.m. start. Um, but when we get to the, the Roval, that's a 2.30 start. Uh, Dover's 2.30, Degas 2, Kansas is 2.30. Martinsville, the playoff race starts at 3, so that one should theoretically end up at night. Um, Texas is 3, and ISM is 2.30. So some of those might get into the night.
1: So they better put lights
6: at Darlington. Yeah, they're gonna have a. They, there's gonna be a bunch of updates that they're gonna have to do to some tracks because Martinsville has lights now. There's all kinds of stuff, right?
0: Yeah, there's several letter that are gonna need updating, and all these are great. I mean, the more um, realistic we can get these, the better off it is. Martinsville is a blast um,
3: in the spring or the fall race when it gets dark.
0: Yeah, I like the
7: uh, the April week here, where they got um, Texas at the end of March, then Bristol, then Richmond, then our off week for Easter, and then Talladega. So you get a nice medium track, a couple short tracks, and then the super speedway there.
4: That Texas. What well, I, really yeah. I really look forward to seeing.
7: Yeah,
3: what I really look forward to seeing. Think about the the real Homestead race. How Harvick was really fast until the sunset. I want to see that happen in iRacing, too, on one of the long races. Just see somebody come that wasn't faster in the daytime and then suddenly just takes off at night.
0: So as far as 2019 schedule, I know they just recently released the special events. Can you fill us in on those?
7: Yeah. um, Let me pull it up here. We got the Cup Cars. First one is Daytona 500. February 13th through 17, there's going to be nine races in the open and fixed. It's 200 laps. Um, then the next one up is the Charlotte 600, May 22nd through 26th. Again, nine races. That's uh, 400 laps. Then we go down here, we got August 14th through 18th. That's going to be Bristol 500. Boo. Nine, <laughs> nine races, 500 laps. And finally the homestead 400 november 13th through 17 nine races 267 laps
5: now that bristol one has got me wondering cuz they tried this last year and then they they ended up changing it to uh another race that i cannot remember um but a full length bristol race um i am i was not happy ever. about it last year and i'm not happy about it again this year <laughs>
6: Didn't they move the Bristol? Uh, I'm trying to remember what track they moved it to. They never did a full Bristol at all this year. Indy.
5: No, they didn't. They they switched it to Indy. That's what yeah, Indy. Yeah. So why not? Yeah, like why do they keep trying this this full length Bristol? I mean, it it like yeah, it's just gonna be a huge caution fest. I'd I'd rather see like uh Darlington. I think that'd be a good one to have full length. I mean, it's a tough track as it is, but um it it's i think that one should be full length instead
6: that would be good as I long think, as as long as they get the night transitions in there properly
3: yeah uh martinsville might be more fun at uh, at full length than bristol but it'll take longer
0: what's your guys' thoughts on homestead i know there's been some talk recently about some people wishing that homestead was removed from the full length race
5: uh, no I, I
3: think that one too should important be a full length. Yeah, that's that's the championship race now. That's that's just too. That is one of the crown jewel races now, and you see how much you see how the cream rises to race in the front of the pack at that track now that they have to, instead of back when they could finish tenth and win the championship or twentieth or you know just start.
0: So are you are you happy with the number of full race length races, or do you wish there was more?
6: I think it's plenty. You know what they—the one thing that they should have done, though, is they should have done. They have Daytona, they have a super speedway, they have you know prestigious races like the six hundred, the Indy. They it looks like they're using Bristol, and they got Homestead, right? Would you think maybe one tried, you know, do one of the road courses just to have every discipline? No. <laughs> I know,
0: I know By you don't time. want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah also, a full length race. At It'd Washington be good for Street me. It would be really interesting. I,
5: I would, I, I would begrudgingly support it just because, yeah, it's different. Um, But on a personal level, I'd friggin hate it.
4: <laughs> yeah, thank you. the road yeah. Yeah, yeah, why not? Of course, they already have the 600. Aren't those kind of close together, like, within the same couple of months?
6: No, the Roval's in the playoffs. Yeah, the Roval's uh, well the, the end of the first round of the playoffs, and, uh, dude, you know, it's the Memorial Day weekend for the race for 600.
5: So as uh, you, you asked the question about, um, you know, the amount of full length races, I think I think four is really you know, four is good. Um I know Mike would completely disagree. He'd be happy with no full length races, but I believe that we do need to have a few. Um but they, they can be extremely daunting um just because well for guys like me that are a little further down the list anyways, um but four I think is, is, is a good good
0: number.
2: Yep yeah. It used like to had- be
0: if I'm not mistaken, didn't it used to be five or six?
5: I think one season a couple of years ago, um yeah, there was it seemed like almost like every other it was I think it was before I was I was doing NIS. Might have even yeah, it would have been before I was doing NIS, but yeah, there's a lot the one year.
4: Yeah, I think I'm um, kind of on board with what uh, Mike's point of view as far as I think I'd rather just not have any full length races. I, I'd rather run two half length and one full length, but um, there's people that do like it. So I think what we have is a pretty fair amount.
7: Yeah. And before we move on, I want to circle back around to the Charlotte 600. Did any of you run that?
0: I did. It lasted forever. Was yes, it day or night? Night. Night, yeah.
7: Because cause it's a 6 p.m. start, so now
0: we'll have the opportunity to go day to night. So that'll be yeah, fun. That'd
4: be, that would make that way cooler. Um, yeah, that one's
0: definitely going to transition all the way from day
6: all the way into yeah, the night. Cool. So that'll be good. That's why the Bristol one would be the same way. It is Bristol, isn't it, Ray? Right? Yeah, which...
0: it's
7: it's a 7.30 start, though.
6: Yeah, but 7.30 in the middle of summer, or 7 is still True. daylight. Yeah, that'll still be a
5: day to night also, yep. I love that six hundred. yeah,
6: the homestead one would be very interesting, too, and that does it as well later on in the end of the season. I think sunset sunset at our latitude or yeah, latitude is about
3: eight thirty uh, central or daylight savings time is usually where it falls,
0: eight thirty to nine. You yeah. go, you go further north it gets away later. So just thinking back on this, all four of these have the opportunity to go into the night because even that Daytona one depending on the cautions, has the opportunity to transition into the full nighttime if there's enough cautions.
6: Now that's, that's a question, you know, you brought up an interesting thing there. If they have transitions on to a certain extent here, and you know, you get that race, that's really long because of cautions, does it all of a sudden change from a fact that it wasn't going to be a night race to it being a night race? Yeah, it's a good point. I didn't think about that.
3: Yeah, imagine if we're at Darlington and it ends up running too late and nobody can see anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it'll be like a normal NIS race then, how it used to be. Everyone running into each other. So 2019, we got the oval side of things done. David, have you had a chance to look at the road specials that are going on?
3: Yeah, I have it open. I, I don't know if you want me to read off all of them, but I can read off all of them or throw oh, in some why don't highlights. Why do you just give a
0: couple of your your points that you have that you're interested in? If anyone else is interested, you can throw those out there too. Well,
3: I'll go out of order then. The Le Mans back in June this year. Uh, pretty sure they pushed it late last year because they were hoping to have day-night ready in time, and they didn't. Uh, they did bring back the six hours of Glenn. Uh, which is gonna be nice. They didn't do that this year. There seems to be a lot more of the road specials that they didn't have this year. There's gonna be another Petit Le Mans. Um, the 20 hours, 25 hours of Spa is in. They're doing a 24 at Nuremberg, 12 hours of Sebring. That was a fun one. Uh, they are doing Bothurst really early uh, in the season. And of course, there's the 24 Daytona. There's, they're doing two starts for that one. And uh, there's the road before 24. Last year, I tried that in MX5. It was funny. After, you got, after getting used to the, the, the newer sports cars, I, I, went, I used to be really good in MX-5. I jumped in that thing. It was so horrible, it wasn't even funny. Um, there's also an iRacing Winter Derby. I guess that's actually going to be a... I don't know if that's a dirt track. It doesn't say what track it's at. Um, but they all look interesting. Oh, there's two botthurst. I'm sorry. There's a 12-hour and a 1,000.
7: Yeah, I'm excited they got the dirt cars on here. Sorry to change it completely from road, but
3: is that what the winter derby is?
7: Yeah. It's in the super late model. Oh no, that's, that's the regular, that's the regular super late model, but there is a dirt super late model at Volusia and the Four Ten sprints at Knoxville.
6: And the chili bowl is to be determined.
0: Yeah. it really but... caught my attention. That chili bowl down there at the bottom, that is going to be a blast. I'm excited for Lamont being back in the summer.
3: Cause it'll be a lot easier for me to, to make those that event this year. Uh, I definitely plan on, well, I guess we'll talk about future plans on the schedule later. Uh, but it, it definitely looks like a fuller special event schedule. Last year, it, it just really seemed sparse.
6: See, the other, the one on here that's kind of caught my eye, like I got the same type of aspirations that you do, Dave, but the one that I wanted to compete in, and I think I missed it this year, I don't know if it did it, but the Bathurst 1000 and those V8s, I want to do that one this year. There's people out there who are on the V8s? it used to be the pro series for uh, to get up into the pro series
7: i would love to start running that car if i bought it thinking everybody would run it nobody runs it
6: yeah i haven't tried it
3: is it how is it just that much similar to the to the uh stock car or
6: is it handle more like a sports car well it's designed built for road courses more than a stock car it's heavy like a stock car but it probably has better geometry than a stock car. Yeah,
7: and you also notice the six hours of Glennon's on here. It got canned last year, right? Because of the, the tire model or something or other?
3: Yeah, I already I, I actually did mention that that it didn't happen last year. I'll
2: say
1: Although, the Indy... Go ahead, Tony. I'll, go ahead. I'll say the Indy 500 is an open and a fix this, or this coming year, too. It wasn't just open last year?
6: No, I... Th- I think it was both because they all were.
0: Yeah, I think out of all of these races, I'm looking forward to the Indy 500. There's just something about that. The um, Indy cars are absolutely perfect for Indianapolis, I think. And late in a run in those cars, you really have to work that throttle, especially getting into turn two. It can be a nightmare. So to run that entire race, that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. Do you guys, do you remember, uh, was it, yeah, Chris and,
6: I don't know if Tony, if you were doing it, but uh, do you remember we did the 500 that weekend and the 600 in the same week because of the same week? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and uh, we ran, remember we weren't going to run that 500 and then we all of a sudden decided to jump in that one race, then we were enjoying it so much because of what you can do with that car while you're on the track and change how the how it drives. Yeah, it's a whole other animal, that's for sure. It's a lot of fun.
7: Do any of you keep a, a virtual brick to kiss if you win?
4: <laughs> I'm, I'll just... I actually, I think I had that opportunity a while back because I'm from Indiana and they were selling a bunch of those rocks. <laughs> I should have picked one up just, in, on case milk laying around just in
0: case I ever
6: do win. Mason wants to kiss the bricks. The Mason wants to kiss the
2: bricks.
0: There it is. There it is. <laughs> All right, so 2019, um, got a lot of things to look forward to. What, um, as far as those improvements that are coming, and now that we know the schedule and the special events, what are you guys looking most forward to in 2019, whether it be NIS or the road or the oval side of things?
3: Uh, Endurance racing. I mean, just actually seeing the the track change. That's that's the, the biggie.
4: I'm looking forward to running the 24 this year. Uh, I was new to the team last year and, and didn't get the chance to run it. And I, I think that's that's going to be a, a lot of fun. Uh, not much of a road racer, but the, the team aspect of it makes it uh, really intriguing. I think it'll be a, a good time. Um, as far as like uh, the oval racing next year, I, I still, I, I'm looking forward to running more with the, the old bastards. That's been a lot of fun. And I'm hoping that, nis comes around and is a little bit more fun to race i don't don't know what improvements they can make did you you guys have any thoughts on that as as far as um why the league racing is so much different than nis and and what they
0: might do to change it well i think you can control who you got that's in there you know the NIS or the open side of things, you can't control who's in that race with you. In those leagues, like you you do the old bastards racing league and I have watched those races with you and it is some of the cleanest racing. And I, I personally believe that it's because of the selection process that they have those individuals to get into that league. They expect nothing but the best it, in that racing shows and that league I think is superior to quite of others.
5: Well accountability is a big thing in there, right? They they hold you accountabil accountable for you know, everything you do. So you, you really watch it. It's accountability and
3: familiarity. You've been around these guys, you know how they're going to behave. Most of the time when you're racing in NIS, you'll recognize two or three names and then everybody else, you're like, you don't know if they're going to dive on you, or you don't know if you can trust them to run the second lane and you stay on the first lane and vice versa. Uh, Are they going to wash up? Yeah. You know, so you, you can start to trust people in a league race more than you can in an NIS race to really do some tight racing. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's an
4: accountability thing. Um, Is there anything you think that iRacing could do to bring accountability to NIS? Um, I was thinking I had told uh, somebody on the team a while back that I was wondering if they could just uh, bring a real simple like dislike system. As much as um, some guys on on uh, like to the pretend they're badasses, I think most people want to be liked, and to just have a simple thumbs up, thumbs down, green racer, red racer type system. Um, I don't know. Maybe people would care and want to be liked by other racers and care what that number was. The
3: only you, you need to go.
6: Go ahead. David. You go, David. All right.
3: All right. You need to go watch the Orville episode where everybody has to walk around with a name tag with uh, their upvotes and downvotes. And if you get somebody down downvotes, you get killed. Um, I don't I don't know if I like that idea. And I don't, about the, other than that, the only thing you can do is add human policing or all right, we've talked. We've had the raging debate about X limits and stuff. Um, I don't know if they need to add us uh, some kind of message at the beginning that just says, you you have to finish before you can finish first.
5: There is that message before every race because there's guaranteed yeah. to be somebody to say that. Um, I I do like the you know lower the incident limits 22 we got right now. You know maybe you lower that down to 16, 14. But um, I can't
3: yeah. I can't agree on you with that because I've I've seen I've collected 22x. On every single one of those, just getting being caught up or dive bombed on every on every single one of them, just being caught up by
0: somebody else's mess. So, since we're on the topic of, I would of that, I would swing the other direction. Do you think? Do you think that there is a direct correlation between the incidents that you're in that you get caught up in and where you qualify? The reason why I ask is because I started actually qualifying later on in the year, in my where I finished actually drastically improved. And I think a lot of that had to do with me not being towards the back and getting caught up in those. What are your guys' thoughts, Greg?
6: I'm going to say I agree with you on that, Brent, because for me, I liked, I liked when I first came back. I didn't want to be up front because, you know, I didn't feel like I was, you know, was supposed to be up there. I, you know, I was trying to work my way on setups and figure stuff out. And, you know, back, they've, they've changed how you qualify nowadays where it's not separate like it, well, it used to be where you'd have one qualifying time, you, you know, you go in a qualifying room, do that. And you could do it as many times until the race started. Now you got the one chance at it. And, you know, this came true in a race for me the, just recently that, you know, I screw up on qualifying and I have a feeling. And I, I told the guys, I beat myself up because the qualifying really cost me that race. And, you know, if you don't qualify good, you're, you're you're really setting yourself up if you don't, you know for not a a good chance you, you use up the stuff that you can your car, even if it's figuratively because in here there's no your car's not getting worn out mechanically wise. it can be worn out, you know sheet metal damage wise because of lot people, but it's not that way, but you're worn out trying to get through the field like some guys can just drive through the field and do it. But it takes a lot of effort to stay off of some people and and not get into them and, and you know, and even avoid a wreck. Trying to turn the car out, avoid somebody and not get run over and do all that stuff, it's, it's mentally exhausting sometimes too, especially in a long race. And you get collected in an accident. You're trying to get your damage fixed. You're just compounding the problem by having to start in the back every time because you've got, okay, you got three minutes you gotta fix. Well you can only do a minute at a time, so you're hoping for another caution. And then so on and so on. So it compounds. I found when just like you did, the further you qualify up front, the better you are at surviving some of the races. And I you know I don't know if any of the other guys have had any similar, Things on it, but I have feel that that's the easier way to go about it is if you can figure out how to get the qualifying down, it is where you need to spend some time on to to help yourself in races.
5: Yeah, my experience was the exact opposite of that actually. Um, I stopped pretty well qualifying for every race because I would get I'd have better luck by starting at the back, um, giving myself more time to um, you know avoid the silliness. Um, I found that, you know, I, if I did qualify, you know, you know, mid pack, I mean, that's just a, a shit show to begin with. But even when I'd qualify, you know, um, top 10, uh, I still found that I was getting myself into trouble more times than not.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way as you, Tony. Um, I'll like first half of the race, I'll, I'll lay back and I'll let everyone, Wreck themselves out and then the second half i'm marching through the field and uh, it's it's worked pretty good for me so far
0: so quick question for you guys that you said start towards the back because i used to do it even this year i did it the first half of the year did you guys are you guys able to learn as far as race craft or or how to deal with other drivers when you're are starting at the back or are you just racing defensively all the time no,
5: it's 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 a for, well it's just like what Tony was saying there. Um, you know, yeah, you're you're running defensively for typically the first half of the race and then you then you start racing, right? So yeah, you're learning racecraft and you're learning um other stuff cuz by that point in to, uh, point in the race, you've got uh you know, guys that have destroyed their cars, so they're running really slow and a lot of the time they can just be all over the damn track, but then when you get up and um, you know, you start racing, you know, top ten, top five guys. Um, now, now you're actually learning something because these are guys that can, you know, keep their equipment clean, run, run their lines, um, and actually have some good racing. So, yeah, I, I've, I feel there's, there's a lot to gain from that kind of strategy.
0: Yeah, there's something to be said about being able to keep your car clean, especially for the first three quarters of that race. That final that final twenty five percent just seems to be that much more easier.
3: I would mix I would mix my strategy based on how I qualified. I would always qualify, but if I had a really bad qualifying or just wasn't fast at the track, or or something ca- causes me to get really bad track position and it's still really early, then I would just try to lay behind the pack and until some of the herd got thinned. Uh, but statistically, if you're in the front, you're always. There's less cars in front of you possible to wreck. During the summer, the lead cars were wrecking constantly. They're, they're like racing for the lead with you know 200 laps to go, and I'd, I'd be right behind them, and they'd get sideways, and there's nowhere to go. What, the biggest adjustment I made is I got past the, the frustration of the summer. I was so irritated with all of the aggressive driving that I would aggressively defend those guys that dive-bombed um, somewhere around August or September, it just—I just—it just ding. I need to start driving like my fellow statesman Mark Martin. So if they dive bombed, I started just letting them go, and almost every time I'd still finish ahead of them later. So I wasn't driving. I stopped driving defensively and started driving more passively, and and just trying to save my car and make the run later.
0: Gotcha. So 2018, we saw all these new improvements. I racing. Day-night transition, the pit road exit line came out. We also had the um, animated pit cruise for the cup cars, which I guess is supposed to expand to the indie cars. thought it was supposed to make this build 2019 Season 1, but apparently that's later on. Um, we got the, a couple new tracks with the Roval, Michigan, Pocono. I uh, got a couple road courses in there. We got the new uh, NIS Chevy body, updated um, car cambers, uh, current tire model. What are you guys looking forward to in 2019?
4: Uh, for me, it's, it's probably the tire model and seeing uh, what that's like when it finally comes out. Um, the day-night stuff is just amazing. It's, um, I'll be curious to see how that affects uh, racing over the year for sure.
7: I want the new damage model. Yeah, do and you know, really think it, we're going to get
0: both of those this year?
7: No more netcode.
6: I would say that you know it would be interesting to see how the tire model integrates with the way that the transitions in the tracks change with temperature and time of day, and then the damage model, I'm hoping, actually penalizes people for screwing up. That's where the damage model needs to be at its best. So I I hope that that doesn't get released till it actually... You know, if you screw up, it needs to be... You know, your car needs to be penalized for having an accident. Not, you know, not just, you know, touching the wall. It means, you know, you can get some damage fixed and you're back, you know, flying through the field. You know, if you seriously do some damage, you're going to, that's another way to help with some of the racing, too.
4: I hope we have,
6: uh, I forgot about
4: the uh, dirt trucks. Um, We should be getting those this year. I'm really looking forward to racing those, and I hope we have the damage model at the same time, so we can see those things um, shedding body panels like they do in real life.
7: And with with the tire model, I think that they had to release, release this day to night first to see how it was going to react with what we currently had before they could do the new stuff.
3: As we're moving on to 2019, I, I don't want to gloss over some of the 2018 things we hit, um, or that were introduced. Um, uh, the addition of oval tracks forcing you to to enter on the backstretch I think was one of the best changes of the year other than the day to night.
6: That is a That's a good point there because that's an overlooked one, too. Because people used to just, you know, enter anywhere, and now it's, you know, it's set. You know where. See, that's the, you know, when you're, you know, somebody's racing a certain way, you can know things. But if you know where the car is going to enter at least, too, that's another thing that helps those kind of series out. Not like that we had very many green flag
0: pit stops in NIS. So we've, we've talked about, um stuff we'd like to see let's talk about the beta ui real quick i know there's been a lot of mixed reactions on this i think it's inevitable we're going to go to it sooner or later what do we what does iRacing need to do get this working up to our standards you know the, the the windows drive works fine but we're clearly going to this beta UI. What do you guys think they need to do to get this up to our standards as a community? Because in the end, we're the ones that are going to be using it.
7: Well, Brent, you and I had an issue the other night with, uh, seeing races more than a half hour out. Um, I, I just like the graph format that the website's in. I just want to see that.
6: Now I'm not familiar. Totally. Like, I haven't done a lot of work in the video. UI. Do you have to close the beta UI to look at the
0: forums, or is there a way to get through the forums in the beta UI? You currently can... I was looking at this yesterday. You currently cannot access the forums through the beta UI. They've... To do that, you've got to go through the website, which is a huge issue, I think. If they want us to do the beta UI, I understand this stuff takes time to get out. And I think the beta UI for iRacing is going to be perfect. But to get to that point, right now it's not perfect. It's far from perfect. And um, but it has the ability to be there, and we need to get that forum section on that beta UI. So, um, another thing I noticed with it is there's still things that are missing. So, but they have over this last update, they have made several improvements. So I think if you guys have had um, mixed reactions with it, give it a try again. They need to do some visual enhancements with it, but the uh the intentions are definitely good and they're definitely there
5: i jumped onto the beta ui i think it was last week um and it's the first time i've actually looked at it in probably a few months and i noticed a a huge um, change visually Um, i find it a lot nicer to look at a little easier to navigate around Um, yeah obviously they're they're still not there yet but um yeah it'll I, I don't see us really having much of a, a problem other than, oh, it's, you know, it's it's new and we're going to have to change, but we're all going to have to probably just eat that sooner or later.
0: Yeah. Um. Sorry, Mason, go ahead. I was going to say, like, if they are going to put the
7: forums on there, like, sometimes i look at the forums on my phone, and I like that, you know, just to be able to, to look at them during the day. So I don't wanna want to see them take them away from the website
0: yeah, they need to come up with an app. i recently does, but one thing at a time, they hit the ball at the park with this uh, day to night transition. So hopefully this tire model and damage model are wonderful next. Mike Ellis had brought up the um the improvements that he would like to see. He had made the comment on here about stages in the n i s series in the b car and the c car and then the overtime rules to be able to add in overtime. You guys think we we'll get to that point, as far as the stages and the overtime? Yes. Well, I don't think we need them as long as the
6: the NIS is like it is now. Stages <laughs> won't matter, right? It, unless th- there's no awarding points for it because it's not a like a stage doesn't make any sense in a race because it would just make it would make any green flag stops. Null and void in in an NIS race because it wouldn't be long enough runs in a stage to for a full race to you just take all the strategy out if there was if it got a full green flag run. What Especially
3: about the, in only half length races?
7: I was gonna say what about full length races?
6: They, then you can do it the right way because that would be the way to do it, but they they in the half race they couldn't they'd have to the only way that stage race would work is they'd have to go to seventy five percent or more. Right. Or only do two stages.
7: But you can now do stages in hosted racing, which is nice.
6: And I would love for them to do the green-white checker, because that is so annoying when a race finishes with, like, five laps to go. I think yeah, was... that's one thing I'd really love to enjoy. Go ahead,
0: Chris. I, I yeah. think
6: it's the same problem with NIS, though. You
4: could be fun in the league, but if you tried NIS, you just would never finish the race.
5: Well, yeah, if if they were to do that over time, you'd have to have like, you know, a maximum of like three restarts or something like that, because you're right. It would just go on in, in infinitely
6: boys have at it.
5: <laughs> I like the I like the stage idea. Um, but yeah, like Greg said, you'd have to limit the fuel if you're to go that with the half length. But I don't see why they couldn't implement it in the in the full length races. I think it'd be kind of neat. They could try it at some point, too.
7: And I have Uh, one separate thing here um, that is just a pet peeve of mine. I want to see the stock cars have a fuel level choice, just like every road car and the dirt cars.
6: To practice with, you mean?
7: Yeah, a bunch of the leagues are doing, like, 35% fuel, 50% fuel. You know, the car handle's completely different, with less, less fuel in it, so...
6: Well, we were, uh... You know, that makes sense, because... If you went into, you know, Atlanta, you never run a full fuel run there. You'll never run a run on tire like that. So, you know, you'd want to test how much fuel you could get in the car. You know, it'd be good for testing. You're right. Yeah. And my real quick
3: wish list thing, because I know we're running short on time, was to, um, at Richmond, the pace car would wait till the leader catches up to him. I get, I get so annoyed at so many of the tracks where you have to literally race at green flag speed to get back in line to pit.
0: I hear you on that. So wrapping up, we've talked about the 2018 season. We had Hammer on here early on, and he gave us his impressions. That man is a uh, wealth of knowledge. He's a great asset to the community. And um, we all appreciate him in the NS community. We talked about our concerns for 2019. We talked about the things we wish to, uh, to have talked about the great things that happened at nis there was a lot of great things that happened throughout the year of 2018 2019 i believe is thoroughly going to be that much better User in your channel what are your down. guys' final thoughts and i'll begin with you chris go ahead um
4: i just uh, i'm looking forward to the the coming year and uh yeah i know we've been sitting around for probably an hour and a half here and it, it feels like five minutes
0: yep go ahead greg
4: Oh, sorry, got Too far away there. But yeah, just really enjoyed talking iRacing with y'all, and um, and looking forward
0: to more of it next year. Yeah, well, thank you, Gregory Hector. Go ahead, sir.
6: Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing the evolution of iRacing because it's always evolving, and that they've started finally being on their the right track to promoting themselves. I feel like 2018 was a good step for promoting with all the steps they've taken with. You know their top 10 lists. They're they've got all these esports series that are finally getting backing and stuff like that. So I'm just interested to see what another full year of iRacing could do for for all of us. Like you know this team's growing, um, our page is growing, uh, the podcast is growing, which we'll talk about at the end. Um, I, we've got another idea that we're gonna start in the new year. I'm hoping. Uh, starting up here with the uh, so that people start using our, you know, social media and our YouTube pages and and Facebook and all that stuff. So, as as a racer here, I I I'm thankful for um, Team Tofosi, the iRacers Lounge. I'm also thankful for you know we wouldn't have fun doing this if we didn't have all our listeners. So I'm thankful for all our listeners, um, and everything like that. So for me, it's just 2018. Was a good year, and I can't wait to get into 2019.
0: Alrighty, Mason, go ahead.
7: Yeah, um, I like doing this podcast because uh, I wouldn't know half of these things about iRacing if I didn't have to research them. Uh, so that's part of the part of the job here, and it's a, it's a good part of it. And like you guys have been echoing, um, being on the team is is a blast, and uh, getting to know you guys and race with you. Um and also just looking forward to the NIS season to do a full season for the first time.
0: Alrighty, Tony Gross. Ah, uh,
5: yeah. Uh big thing for me. Um the thing that impresses me the most about all of this, I'd have to say, would be just the iRacing community. Um the the uh the generosity uh, just completely baffles me um from what I get bombarded with reading news and you know all the other crap going on. Um the the community really pulls together, helps each other out. Um the communication level between iRacing and the community um is also something all on its own. Um like they, they actually listen. Uh <laughs> and and, and communicate you know quite well um and and i find that extremely refreshing and it, it's so neat to be able to kind of sit back here uh talk about it on the podcast read about it in my in my spare time um that, that, that's a huge one and you know i've already said how much i enjoy the podcast uh, and the team and all that stuff that that kind of thing just i don't think i don't see it ever changing um I'm totally looking forward to next year. Um, I've been learning a ton, and I can't wait to be able to get back into the NIS season and hopefully be able to apply some of that and um, be able to hit some of my, my goals that I've set for next year. All right. David Hall. Well, number one, I'm looking forward in April to
3: finally getting my Fanatec base, the direct drive wheel. Uh, you guys convinced me to go ahead and hold out and get the free uh, F1 wheel. So I'll have that eventually. Uh, um, I love the V3 pedals made such a big difference that made for me that I'm hoping the wheel will be an upgrade from the G27 as well. Uh, a couple of goals. I would like to get my first NIS win in the 2019 season. I think I'm going to only run open setups this year in the cup car. Uh, and I'm definitely going to spend a lot of time on the roads as well. I think I've talked, talked Greg into teaming up with me for the Road to GT Pro series. So we're going to have some fun with that as well.
0: All right. I want to um, first off I want to say thank you guys for joining us um, on for this Christmas special. We greatly appreciate it. And I can speak for everyone on the team that this would not be, we would not be able to do this without you, the fans for all the continued support and uh generosity that you guys you guys show us we hear it every week out on the track we've got iRacing lounge pod or podcast um truck paint schemes and car paint schemes and you guys comment on that and we receive nothing but feedback good or bad but we appreciate it all so i want to say thank you guys um mike ellis had brought up a a point about you fans, and you guys have been outstanding. Over the ninety days, a ninety day period, we average about ten thousand or more downloads of the podcast, and each one of that is from you guys. So clearly, we're we're doing something right. We're reaching, we're reaching people, reaching you guys, the fans. And for that, um, I want to say thank you. So for everyone here at the iRacers Launch Podcast, um, want to wish you guys a happy holidays, spend time with family and friends, and. We look forward to what 2019 has to has in store for us, and we will see you guys come the first of the year. For then, see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.